you. Thanks for signing up for the Public Beta Podcast. It is April 22nd, 2021, a Thursday. Your host is week, myself, Lee and Reed. Hi. And we're here in the flesh. Yeah. So the sound quality just goes right down the tubes, <laughs> maybe. But we still got that great energy drink ASMR for the for our friends. Not for me. A lychee-flavored energy drink, Reed. I have nothing it to comment. Like I have nothing to comment on that. <laughs> It's good. Too much caffeine. I can taste it already. I can taste the caffeine. That's how you know. Read before the uh, mic went hot. We are talking about Final Fantasy 15. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't for the life of me remember why that came up. But here we are. Uh, <laughs> so, some video games to talk about this week. Played some new stuff. We're going to try to maybe wrap up the Metal Gear Solid conversation. If you haven't already, there was a special episode on 420 of the new Tissy Iceberg podcast, a bonus episode in which, for an hour, we uh, predicted accurately. Accurately as fuck. What, what will happen in Final Fantasy VII 2 Remake? Remake two. Part 2 Rebirth. That's or right. Whatever. Uh, so, without spoiling that conversation, we'll just say, hey, go back and listen to that. It's in the same feed as this. So, you could just go back a couple days and listen to that. That was a lot of fun. Uh, and really unique because there's no, I can't think of another video game series or thing that has happened that will ever have a conversation like that yeah. but we we have because if things get remade they get remade period in this case we've remade the first slice of the game and we've changed enough things that people are now confused as to what could come next yeah. will it be a straight remake well, well now we know they've released this part of it and no it won't they're going to add stuff and they're going to change stuff so uh, that makes it very uh, unique as a conversation and uh, it's a lot of fun Definitely one of our best episodes. Best ever. Uh, yeah, that, Venom. Basically our regular content. You should just skip it. Wait for the uh, wait for the bonus episodes. Wait for the dumb meme episodes. <laughs> yeah, whenever we're trying to take the piss and have a joke, uh, that's that's when you should jump in on our content. Reed, what have you been playing? Uh, new Warzone update drops tonight, which is sure. pretty interesting. Are they nerfing those pistols? I fucking certainly hope so. I... Actually, you know what? I shouldn't say I certainly fucking hope so. It was such a small window. Why are you slowly moving away from the microphone? <laughs> uh, comfortableness. So yeah. there is a very small window in which those pistols were competitively viable. Yes. Until they got nerfed and now no one's really using them anyway. And I... And like, I'm not a religious... Like Warzone, I'll play like one or two matches a night. But I'm not... And then like every other night or something you like that. You play till you win and then you just log out? <laughs> no. But like I'm not plugging in like four hours and like... 20 matches a day or anything so yeah. the amount of times i've actually been killed by these pistols i can count on one hand actually so, so i have nothing to do with call of duty except for i i'm generally in the internet video game sphere i've seen so many gifts and webums of people mowing down six or seven people with these pistols what is the problem with these pistols and are they intended to shoot that quickly no yeah that's the problem with them <laughs> is that they're a very high rate of fire they have an 80 round drug mag for some reason and can use them akimbo that's the problem why didn't why did they think this was okay why did they think this why was did they idea? think anything's okay there's okay. okay there's been more broken guns on release than this like the DM, there was that shotgun right there's there's this uh attack uh marksman rifle called the dmr that was it was two shots no matter where and you'd pretty much get a kill even on full plate wars whatever it's not that big of a deal the gun shit never pisses me off they're gonna nerf it just get better at the game uh <laughs> So that's part of the patch yeah, notes. <laughs> so they got rid of they got rid of classic Verdanask and they're bringing like an '80s Verdanask or what Andrew at the office speculates they're doing like because they they like nuked Verdanask that's like the canon right now I okay. guess. Okay. 
So Andrew speculates that this new map is just going to be Vernon-esque after the nuking. So it's going to be a lot of places under construction aren't, again. Aren't there only like two maps in this entire game? Yes. And they nuked one of them? And well, and they're they're like re-text... They're like redoing it, kind of. So I would say 80% of Vernon-esque is staying the same, and the other 20% is getting changed, and the whole thing is having a reskin. So you said 80s. That's the Cold War influence? That's what some people think. Like I said, Andrew at work here thinks that... Uh, the new Vernon-esque is going to be after the nuking. Because so, you see a lot of places under construction. The stadium downtown is under construction. But sure. it doesn't look like it's in the 80s. It still looks like it's modern. So who gives a shit? Time travel. Yeah. Uh, they, they've done space in Call of Duty, but have they done time travel? No. I don't know. They've done you are inside the mind of a dying soldier. Sure. They've done that, which is I, I stopped about playing, as far as I, I stopped playing campaigns after like Black Ops 2 or something. I was just laughing today because uh, Call of Duty Ghosts. That campaign and that game was the first time where it was like, your god bleeds! It was like, oh, they're not infallible. They can release a bad Call of Duty that can, like, shit the bed on sale. <laughs> oh, I thought there was a there was a story moment in Ghosts where the guy goes, your god <laughs> you're god Oh, fuck. Uh, no, that, that game's whole thing was just, like, inv- it was it was Homefront. It was Invasion of America and then, like, EMPs. So it was a lot of you going through, uh, like, restaurants and, like, urban areas, but with no electronics. So, like, even... It was neat at the time, because this has been done a bunch of games, but when the EMP would go off or there'd be EMP weapons, you would actually lose even, like, the laser sight on your gun oh, and yeah, stuff like that. Oh, yeah, that's been around. That stuff's cool. Yeah. Uh, but the story they were telling was basically, like, they took characters... What the fuck did they do? They, like, took characters from existing Call of Duty canon. Uh, I'm not going to say it was, like, Soap McTavish or someone like that, but they, they re-put those characters in this game and it was, like, an alternate universe, and people were just, like, not... Like, it does not need to yeah. be like that. It's Call of Duty. But, like, the other Call of Duty games are that, like, Modern Warfare and Black Ops, are they considered to be the same timeline? I don't think so. I don't know. I don't, I don't really care. Uh, like, Call of Duty World War... Like, Call of Duty 2. Okay, no. Like, World, World War, War and Black Ops are all related, <laughs> and then the Modern Warfare up until the recent remake. Yeah. We're all connected. But then there's like advanced warfare, and like yeah, eventually, which, which was with nothing. There's just Kevin Spacey. Like modern, yeah, Call of Duty, Kevin Spacey warfare. Uh, there will eventually be a time when modern warfare becomes the advanced warfare era. Sure, we'll have to decide if you want an exosuit or if you want to just wear a cool skull bandana over your face, and you decide your future. I, uh, I never played uh, Modern Warfare three. Oh well, and you said you never played the campaign, so I don't. I played all the those campaigns used to be those campaigns used to be appointment viewing man they used to be like new cods out rip through that campaign in like a night or something like that see the graphics I shoot would, the guns yeah you know? I would say just play Modern Warfare and then you're good um, but besides that I've just been playing Pokemon plugging away oh I, I just got borrowed an Elgato video captured no thing. way. <laughs> From you, actually. So I'm going to be actually streaming some Pokemon, which should be fun because I People really like to watch that. Yeah, sure. Uh, they like, especially if you're you're doing very well. Uh, or unless <laughs> some guy shows up with a legendary that's guns akimbo, uh, 80 round <laughs> drum mag. Yeah. And fucking <laughs> air horns come off. Sometimes people speed up clips. Like they'll show a clip from Counter Strike and they've sped it up because there's some like boring shit in between. Every time I saw that clip, I'm like, is this a sped up clip or do those guns fire that quickly? No, guns are fucking ridiculous. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I'm going to stream. I'm going to hopefully have fun with that. So, like, the problem with my Pokemon playing right now, I don't think is. What's the Pokemon problem? <laughs> no, I think it's just I need to get better at, uh, first of all, team building. Like, sure. I have a shit ton of Pokemon that I've made perfected and they're all great. 
but I've never put into my thought of like what six Pokemon work well, incredibly well with one another and complement each other's weaknesses. Out of your 107 battle ready Pokemon, I believe that's what you said, right? Yeah, like Uh, I just haven't sat down and been like, like every time I make a team, I'm just like, oh yeah, like one, yeah, this is fine, this is great. Uh, I've never sat down and been like, okay, like I don't really like Torterra, for example. Sure. But maybe he has really good uh, Torterra. Fucking who's the fire turtle again? Oh, uh, <laughs> which fire turtle? Oh, 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 Tor- Torkoal. Torkoal. Thank yeah, you. There's yeah. a few now because there's the guy with the f- the shield back too, right? Yeah. So I'll turtle. be like, okay, I don't really like Torkoal, but you know he does have drought, so he has good synergy with Arcanine and Groudon sure. and all yeah. these other ones. They're buddies. Yeah. So you think of it as wrestling stables. You yeah. right now you're WWE. Everybody's individual or in tag teams. You need to think like New Japan where everybody's in yeah, stables. Yeah, so like yeah. Polyrath is shit by himself, but yes. if I if I give him Swiss you put him in the Bullet Club yeah. and suddenly he's like on TV all the time yeah, and he gets yeah, over. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Uh, yeah. so like <laughs> Yeah, so like the recent success I've been really seeing is based off like weather teams like sun or rain and uh, stuff like that. So I'm going to keep fucking trucking with that. What you say weather teams? Weather-based teams. Yeah. You get a cast form. The most useless of Pokemon. No, yeah, that's incredibly useless, <laughs> especially for weather-based teams. It's like the weather-based theory is like, especially for playing doubles like BGC, because yeah. it's so good. You lead out with Wingle or Politoed for Drizzle that gets. Uh, you mean Pelipper? Pelipper. You're not so. using a Wingle. That's 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 unevolved. That's. Oh, you can use it with Ibuolite for the pl- pl- um, more like Pleb Leper. Yeah, but <laughs> to get that automatic rain, then you can spam Swift Swim with like Ludicolo and Kingdra and all these fucking cool Mons that I have. Uh, what I really like lately is um, using a Mimikyu Trick Room set for doubles. So lead with, lead with Mimikyu and Chandelure. Sure. Mimikyu use Trick Room to reverse um, the speed. So whoever goes last actually goes first. Sure. This is a group for Mimikyu too because I have, I have a very specific uh, minus speed nature with zero speed EVs and uh, zero speed IVs. So it's the slowest possible Mimikyu huh. you could have in the game. And I use that with Chandelure because Chandelure is awful speed, but over 400 uh, special attack at level 100, which is incredible even for legendary Pokemon. Essentially, you can just fucking sweep from there, which is really nice. I digress. Pokemon's fun. Yeah, you play the slow game. There's also, uh, what is it, Iron Tail? What is the, there's an item that makes you slow as fuck too. Right? There's a few Nobody puts that on, because there's like... Because taking off, like, putting on Iron Tail means that you can't put, like, Weakness Policy or Assault Vest or, like, Lumberry on that Pokemon. And those items yeah. are just so much better. You'd be better off using Trick with Iron with Iron Tail so you could take their Citrus Berry or Leftovers and you give them the Iron Tail to, like, down their speed. You fling it at them. Yeah. Uh, cool. All right. Well, have fun streaming your Pokemans. Uh, yeah, I will. Yeah. Listen, I've been playing a game called Narita Boy. Naruto Boy? No. Narita Boy. Believe it? Believe it. Uh, this game is uh, an indie It's an indie game. Oh, who would I believe it's from it? Spain, I think. Uh, basically, <laughs> uh, if you've seen Tron, that's, it's going to be very hard to actually uh, say what this game is about because it's a bit abstract. Uh, you, There is a game developer or something like that. He has a backstory, an origin story. He is hit in the head. A completely unrelated gamer out in the world is summoned to go into the game world that I believe this guy has created and become the Narita boy and save the digital world uh, from the Stallions, who are the bad guys. Now, 
Forget everything I just said. Basically, you go inside the video game. It's a Tron-esque world, except it, uh, the, the visuals uh, are, are, everybody's got like a TV head. Some people are real big. There's a lot of mad uh, like Technicolors. The whole thing has like a CRT fuzzy uh, thing going on to it. So it's basically like retro 80s. You get a sword, chop guys up. Sure. Uh, and then you are, you are tapping into the memories of the creator, this guy. There are other entities referred to as gods. So basically it's that techno... Religious. Te- techno religious, techno what have you. It's Tr- Tron is the best it's comparison. Tron. You're, Tron. you're inside this digital world, except the digital world doesn't look like Tron at all. It looks very, very neat and varied. And it is a, uh, you know, side-scroller action game, except uh, not quite like a Metroidvania. It's more go here, you find a locked door, go down that path you didn't go, eventually you fight a boss, get the key, go through that door. And it has like a, a forward momentum to it with, with its story. Uh, and I actually prefer that to Metroidvanias in a lot of cases, even like stuff like Ori and stuff like that. A game that's very much about just telling you a story and there's it's very clear blockades to get through. So like, here's a boss fight. You don't have nowhere else to go except beating this boss. So just get it done. Yeah. Uh, and the difficulty kind of scales therein. And uh, you get a lot of cool abilities. Um, the thing that's interesting about indie games, especially action indie games, is the best thing to compare them to is old video games. In terms of, of, of visuals, maybe how the story is being told. They don't have the bells and whistles of a AAA studio or something with 3D rendered beautiful graphics. Uh, but they do utilize everything on a controller like a new game does. The thing about being in three dimensions is you need that other stick to be able to look around. You need buttons to duck behind things in, in 3D space to jump, etc., uh, this game's got, like, a dash where you can, like, back dash, but then it's also got a shoulder tackle where you can tackle forward, uh, and you just keep unlocking stuff like that, and it makes it uh, getting into combat scenarios. Um, it, it has that rock-paper-scissors mechanic where it's just like, that guy's got a shield, so you got to bash him first and then hit him, and when he does this, dash out of the way to not get hit, because uh, you can only take so many hits. So it's got uh, kind of a, not, not a Dark Souls-esque combat, but a very deliberate combat uh, system to it. Souls-like. Souls-like. You know, souls-like. Uh, that game's uh, great, though. I highly recommend it. It's on Game Pass, so fucking I didn't pay anything fucking for it. You're just uh, the Game Pass master. I mean, they, they keep putting games on there that I'm like, hey, I, I actually want to try this out. And then it's on Game Pass, and I'm like, well, I can download that in a second and be playing it. Uh, so I've been digging what I've been playing of uh, Narita Boy so far. Outli- Outriders? Outlanders? What's Outlanders? That's a different indie game. Outlanders, yeah. Wasn't Outlanders the one where you like change the color of your sword or whatever, and you can like go through doors and stuff? Was that oh, Outlanders? Uh, Outriders, that game's pretty okay. Yeah, uh, the gameplay in that game is 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 very good. The loot system in that game, kudos. I described it as the uh, Monopoly Junior version of like Destiny's loot system. Instead of building your stats up, which this, that game doesn't really have, it has like armor, health, uh, damage, and anomaly power. Uh, you are more or less just augmenting your abilities and what your guns do and what your character can do with those abilities. Uh, doing the class abilities and getting the tier 2s and tier 3s is really neat. Character building in that game is fine. Uh, it's a bummer that... Again, I've only been playing solo. A lot of people's complaints for that game seem to stem from game progress and playing co-op and being like, well, I played with you for 30 hours, but I had never started the game pre- previously. So now I load up the game... And I only have the choice of scaling back to, to chapter one and, and starting again. Uh, Far Cry was kind of like that as well. I could join your game. We could play a bunch of missions. But when I go back to my game, it's where I was. So even if I've done all the story missions yeah. with you, I've got to retread them. Yeah, I don't like uh, that at all. No, and I don't know if it's... Because like games have, have done one or the other forever. Especially for... Uh, this might just be a personal anecdote, but for a leader-based game like that, I yeah. find most enjoyment that comes from post-game. 
when you're really supposed to because all guns that you're getting when you're not at max level are fucking useless in my opinion until you get to that max level basically yeah, yeah. you get so, attached to like a gun and you realize that yeah. oh i'm gonna swap six guns before i just yeah. like in destiny and in a lot of ways just like borderlands borderlands yeah. not so much but in a lot of ways yes at the same time the real fun in my opinion comes from grinding for those good guns those good rolls or in yeah. outrider's case those good mods end game when you're max yeah. level when uh, those things really matter so i've gotten to the point in the game where like i'm getting the purple stuff pretty regularly and it'll be it'll be the case of usually I'm leveling up an item instead of just replacing it because yeah. it's got a mod or it's got a firing thing that I like. Uh, light machine guns, baby, all the time. Just more bullets. Basically, my entire strategy in the game is based on my anomaly powers. So everything I'm not, I'm doing that isn't anomaly powers is biding time, like getting behind something for two seconds to let that fucking thing click up, or just like I need to kill this guy just so he's not shooting me. And there's my power, and then uh, equipping everything that heals me. So I'm still being able to play on the higher world tiers, uh, like well, I think about like world tier eight or something like that. And you're you're doing pretty good. And you feel you feel like the rewards, the extra stuff you're getting, especially if you do drop the world tier back down. You're like, oh man, I couldn't even imagine playing this on an easy mode. It would be too fucking piss easy. Uh, so there's that. Of that, got back into some Fuser, which is that music game, playing this and that. I don't know what uh, what the plan is for this weekend. I don't know what I'm going to get down to. Monster Hunter Rise, I've also been playing on the back end. Play, uh, uh, play against me in some Pokemon, bro. Yeah, I'll just I'll just fire a Pokemon, and uh, that, that'll be that. All my Pokemon are in the fucking home. Yeah. Nintendo's, Nintendo's got them locked up behind lock and key, they baby. pay the $2 and release it's, all of them it, it battle was, me. It was crazy that I couldn't even, like, on the phone app, you can't even look at them. It's like, no, bitch, you pay, and then you can see your Pokemon. <laughs> if you want to see your Pokemon again, pay the alimony. Yeah, do it. Battle um, me. We could have some. We could put it on stream, Lee. Yeah. <laughs> me being disassembled. Uh, so we have a listener question this week. Oh. It comes from Steven. I sent it to you earlier this week. Oh, right, the one that applies way more to you. Than it Absolutely. Me. But but that's the question, is... is uh, and we were just talking about this with Pokemon, right? So, hi, Lee. I was wondering... What you think uh, for bad graphics, good story type games? I have I have uh, an issue with the the term bad graphics in this context. Uh, the ones I can think of are, are RPG maker like games such as Undertale, uh, Yumi Nikki, uh, OFF or Off. I'm not sure I'm familiar with that one. Omori, basically games that ignore uh, graphics and have generic gameplay, just focusing purely on story. Do you enjoy them? Uh, do you have a favorite? Thanks, uh, Steven. Long-time listeners. Just for me personally, like, obviously I haven't played a ton of games like this. Yeah. I'm totally fine with quote-unquote bad graphics, or I should say not modern graphics. Well, what's um, modern graphics? Because there's more indie games released than AAA games. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. For things that are not high-end graphics, I'm totally right. fine with that, but I do need good gameplay with a good story. Like, I'm trying to think of a game that has a really good story, but just shit-awful gameplay. Uh, okay, so like, let's let's take it all the way back to graphics. Period. No Do, graphics don't. Bother can me. bad graphics ruin a game for you? No. If the graphics are in service to the gameplay and the story, it is fine. Yeah. Like, he was also saying generic gameplay though. So something like Undertale, where it is a lot of text, it's just a lot of story being right. Fed to I you. guess the closest I could put that to would be Dragon Age Eleven. Actually, that came out very recently. Dragon Quest. Dragon Quest. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, the graphics are here or there or whatever, and they don't bother me. Well, the um, gameplay is just JRPG. Yeah, like, the yeah. graphics don't bother me in general because I still play games like Final Fantasy Tactics. I still sure. play Final Fantasy VII, which is a But you did play game. Deus Ex on 360, and you're like, these fucking player models. But the th I think, yeah. this is totally off to the side now, I think the era of PS2 and PS3 is the ugliest looking video game era. I, like, so um, from my point of view... 
PS2, GameCube, and Xbox is the best leap of graphics we'll ever get, and we've never had another leap of graphics. No, I'm not talking about leaps. I'm just yeah. like, I PS2, GameCube, and Xbox were before we tried to go very realistic, so you sure. still everything had a cartoony element to it, so it wasn't goofy looking. When we got the 360 and PS3, like games like Oblivion and fucking uh, like Deus Ex uh, sure. Human Revolution is when we try to go realistic. And when you try to go realistic is when it comes up goofy because you don't have the power yet to Except do Except at the time it looks fine because it's the best thing you've seen. Right, I, but that's just a personal. Like no, no console game looked like Oblivion when Oblivion came out, but now go back and play Oblivion. You're like, everybody looks like a, a disfigured potato. Right, but you game. go back and play uh, God of War 2 for the PS2 and it still looks fine. Yes. Um, that's what I was trying to get at. Okay. Anyway. Yeah, graphics never ruined a game for me. Uh, generic gameplay, like Dragon Quest Eleven, absolutely doesn't bring down a game for me. The story in Dragon Quest Eleven is very fun, lighthearted, and it's something I very typically enjoy. Sure. But uh, getting into a battle and getting out of a battle is just like back on the PS2 days, PS1 days. Maybe I've been spoiled. Uh, with what? <laughs> like, with <laughs> quality of life changes, being able to turn I off random yeah, battles, being yeah. able to go in and out of battles in a jiffy... Uh, not having to like go through like a twenty second animation to get like sure. a magic attack off. Um, so in regards to the question, I'm kind of iffy about it. Fantastic story is absolutely my number one thing. Yeah, but a very close number two is gameplay. Like, could you play a text adventure if the story was good? If someone told you the story of Nier Automata, but you were just reading it in a book. <laughs> so like. From my point of view, because yeah, uh, I, I like know. I grew up with like 8-bit and arcade stuff into like graphics are always just serviceable to, to the game being told. It's yeah. it's it's obviously now uh, with the more complexities we can make games and, and deeper we can make games. Uh, if you're missing that story element, it's all for naught. Uh, look at Out Outriders, right? Gameplay wise, you have a phenomenal game that could are that could that could rival a lot of other loot shooters on the market. Uh, but even though it's pretty gorgeous looking, it, all things considered, uh, without that, that story there, it's not going to be something you're going to play in 10, 10 years from now. Yet right. I will go back and play, like you said, Final Fantasy Tactics, etc. And it's not to say that those, that sprite-based graphics are bad. He's more saying that games that are, don't take a lazy approach, but do not put emphasis on the graphics whatsoever. It is basically a basic representation to tell the story. And I think, for me... It doesn't fucking matter. Graphics are the last thing yep. I consider when I, I think of a game or if I review a game. Unless something is broken, uh, such as in Cyberpunk or something like that, where like things are not... Lo like Texture maps aren't loading. Something's really wrong. And that comes from the more complex games. Those games that are Stardew Valley and stuff like that that have come out recently and sold gangbusters uh, and you know don't, aren't doing anything graphically more than what a PS1 can do... Um, that stuff's all still fine, and people yeah. are still showing up for those games. Yeah, I don't and, think graphics uh, are really an issue for anybody, unless no. it's a game that is, like... Unless you're playing, like, I guess, like, Forza Horizon or some yes. shit, you want the graphics to be good. Like like I said, we were, we were talking about it in regards to Pokemon and, like, the Diamond and Pearl remakes, is you're just like, what, why does Sword and Shield look so bad? Why can't they make a game that looks like... Breath of the Wild's on this console. Why can't the world look like that? Why can't I, I move around it like that? And to me, these Pokemon games... I could just as well play Game Boy Pokemon Red as Switch Pokemon Shield. Right. And the graphics are not the thing I'm thinking about. It's everything else right. first. Whereas for me, uh, it's it's not that I'm thinking about the graphics. It's more of like, okay, I've seen these graphics since yeah. Black and White 2. I've seen, or more specifically, I've seen these same graphics since X and Y. Like, the, the, the increase hasn't changed here. It's been 20 years of the same Pokemon right. style. 
like like it's not obviously it's not a detriment to the game I've over 400 fucking hours in Sword and Shield right why is there still a battle transition to a separate screen to battle why can't that just all be right yeah it's like uh, it's been too many installments where it's like okay after 20 installments you know what now the graphics are gonna fucking matter because yeah. nothing else has changed that much yeah so like for me uh, in regards to story based games absolutely not I can go back and play a really old RPGs I can play stuff from like old PC where go play where, Vagrant Story yeah I'll go play Rogue where I'm just a little square on the screen uh, it's all it's all good in the hood uh, graphics do not matter and of course we're talking about something like Undertale we're talking about like something that's made by one fucking person and uh, you know you have to cut corners somewhere you have a really good story you want to tell uh, fucking the music's banging in that game too like there's a lot going for it uh, some people won't be able to get over graphics that all games should look like the cutting edge triple a stuff and that's fine for them we have mlb the show uh we have uh your god of wars and it, stuff like, like that just don't play rpgs <laughs> yeah i guess rpgs get away with it a little more because the the gameplay is is it doesn't always have to be action right um the case of, yeah it's uh i can't really think of any exact examples in recent memory of, of just like dog shit graphics because i don't think of games in those terms look at think of something like samurai gun uh which is a action game like towerfall uh that has very rudimentary almost like 8-bit uh sub graphics but you can fire that up and it's as, as every bit as exci exciting as a smash brothers or something like that uh and you're cutting edge 1080p or like you know what I'm talking about. anyway i don't think we did a great job of answering the question because we didn't have really a lot of answers but basically graphics do not matter no. if the story's on point uh and it's it's some people can't go back and play that other stuff but eh? if like, the graphics aren't great and the gameplay isn't great but the story is great yeah that's questionable for me personally so i need i need good gameplay this is an interesting tangential question is the gameplay in Final Fantasy VII for the PS1 good? Yeah, for me it is, because what I like in RPGs is progression. Sure. What I love about the materia system is the customization, the amount right. that you can be like, all right, I'm going to make Ter Barrett my tanky guy. Sure. Using all of these, I'm going to make Tifa my... And then you see it in execution in the battles. Yes, And even exactly. though the battles are slow, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm yeah. doing good or bad. Because or of my you're choice. like, I'm going to cheese it on disc three and go yeah. to the Frog Island and I'm going to grind up my materia to max level. And I see you know about the Frog Island too. Yeah, and so you have tangible... <laughs> yeah, that's why, I love, that's why I love Final Fantasy XII. You don't even fucking play Final Fantasy XII. You just move around essentially, especially the latter half. Yeah. Uh, but what I love about it is the progression all these fucking awesome weapons that you have to do a million things to get yeah. all the license points that you have to put in that's why tactics is so fucking great it's also while why final fantasy 8's got that niche following it's just like man there's never been a final fantasy where you get more like other than tactics where you can more customize final fantasy 12 og ps2 okay i guess <laughs> you have to unlock the ability hey i want to put on this shirt oh you better pay for the license first buddy well, you that's not how it works around here <laughs> Uh, anyway, yeah. hof hopefully that, that covered some of your question. Yeah. Uh, have you played Undertale? No. Hell no, you haven't. No, me? Uh, <laughs> no, I haven't because uh, I'm one of those guys that are like, eh, popular games. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'll be over here playing Near Replicant. <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, which is out tomorrow. Uh, and we'll see if I get through the weekend. No, and also that. I hate first-person turn-based RPGs. Like, I hate them. I fucking you have to see your character. Like, That's so uh, it, fucking it weird. It bothers me. It bothers yeah. the fucking shit out of me. I so can't like Fantasy it. Star, uh, Dragon Quest. Like old school Shin Megami Tensei, I can't play. That's fucking... It's the same game, though. I can't play it. it I, it's just you, the camera's I, in a different I've place. I've tried to get over this hurdle in my life. It's not happening. Yeah, you can play first-person shooters. Yes. Where you see just your gun. Tip. Just the tip. Uh, speaking of just the tip... What? Avengers 
is finally letting you play as four Hulks oh, or four Iron Mans. Oh my god! Uh, I wonder if this affects the balancing of the game. I wonder if there's actually a... Oh, like they're really fucking worried about that. Like... No, but I mean, like, I wonder why this was put in place in the first place, and if the answer is, canonically, there are not two Hulks and two Thors that are ganging up to fight Taskmaster, who is eight feet tall for the 30th time in one evening, so we can't have it. It's not realistic. Or one punch from Hulk would actually shatter every bone in Taskmaster's body and kill him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this is eight foot tall Taskmaster. Oh, right? His bone density is increased. My favorite memory memory of Avengers is when I played a really high level thing where I had to fight Abomination. At the <laughs> I end. thought you were about to say when I just played really. I high. played really high, uh, <laughs> which is for Avengers also recommended. Uh, but I I was fighting Abomination. He was a particularly like high level Abomination, and he glitched <laughs> out and didn't move. So like the whole team was just sitting there, just like beating the living shit out. How hard would it have been to just uh, have fucking Modok before he died to be like, I'm about to die but before I do. I made a million clones of, of Abomination. Abomination and Taskmaster. <laughs> just those two. Listen, listen to me. You made an Avengers game. You have access to. We've talked about this so many fucking times. You've released this DLC. You've released two characters now. They're both Hawkeye. The fucking balls. <laughs> the fucking balls on Square Enix to be like, we need our world galley filled up for this game. We got Modok. We got Taskmaster. We have Abomination. Let's put in an. Let's put oh, in a dude, dude. It's only one mode, and it's only for two weeks. <laughs> Give the people what they want. They should put another villain in and then take him away after yeah, two fucking like, weeks. We were joking about this before the show started. Anyway. I'm joking about this right now. This so, is a fucking joke. So they're like, we have Abomination, we have Modoc, we have Taskmaster. Who and that's put it. In, let's put in Monica, yeah. this original villain who's in a shitty mech o- suit. Some OC. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. they're like, all right, people want more heroes. They want more villains. They want more areas and more missions. What do we do? All plays the Hulk. <laughs> Only two weeks, so fuck. Yeah, two weeks. Everybody can be Hulk, and then we take it away. Because we don't want to balance the game around everybody being able to play the same character. And the, and the characters level up independently. That's the fucking craziest part. It's like, if I've only played Thor, and then me and you were like, yo, bro, let's play some co-op, and we're like playing endgame stuff, and you're like, oh shit, I'm a Thor main too. We're fucked. Right, and it's the point of a looter is that you often main only one or two like fucking yes. characters because it's not optimal. I mean, no. Unless Destiny is have... a really good example. At a certain point, you're like, even if you're rolling three characters, you're like, I gotta hunker down and focus on one, or I'm literally gonna. Yeah, there's a it's a full time job. Yeah, there's game. a ton of people, including myself, who are just like, don't have the time to run three characters on Destiny. I'm just gonna focus on Can one. Can you imagine that? It's like, what? If, what's what's on the list of things people want? They want to play the same character. In the same thing. And for them to think that it's not because of the shitty game they've designed that people would want to do that, but in fact, just for funsies, so therefore they can make it a temporary thing, is really, really shitty. Yeah. Uh, and that's worse than anything in Outriders. Indie Game Store Itch.io will be joining the Epic Game Store. I don't know if that means... I don't, I don't know if that means Itch.io is just going away, uh, but Itch.io was a really cool place for indie game uh, devs to just drop their ideas. So if they made like a, a, a quick animation or like a really basic gameplay thing, they could throw it up there uh, for other people to kind of see. So it was kind of like a band camp thing in that way, where it's just like, hey, listen to this riff I made. And then you like put it up on the internet and some other guy's like, I fucking play drums to it. And somebody was like, I sang to it. And then you're a band. All and right. that's how Hanson got formed. Uh, Overwatch game director Jeff Kaplan has left Blizzard. 
19-year vet, uh, veteran Kaplan has been replaced by Aaron Keller, of course. Blizzard continues to restructure, and what what is Blizzard anymore? It's not as bad as what EA does to their studios, but uh, Who knows, things man. are changing. They got that Diablo 2 remake, so they're going to be making fucking millions of dollars by the end of the year. PlayStation Store for PS3 and PS Vita will not shut down, Sony announces. So if you uh, panic, panic bought a bunch of PS3 and Vita games, Sony's just like, don't worry, we're keeping it open. So thanks for the purchase. And now we can do this again, later, in a year. Hey, we're shutting it down again. You better buy all these games. Uh, not to mention the aftermarket where people were paying... Uh, what were we talking about the other day? Lollipop Chainsaw was $90 yeah. for a used copy. Yeah, that's uh, that's panic buying. And uh, now it's like, uh, no, it's like can I return this? <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, I don't need... I don't fucking need this. PS, uh, PSP, though, will still shut down. Wow. So go download Work Time Fun and... Uh, was another good choice. We'll probably point. talk about Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> probably talk about Metal Gear Solid. So we'll probably not finish Metal Gear Solid today. That's okay. <laughs> uh, last time we spoke, Reed, uh, about Metal Gear, immediately afterwards, as we tend to do, we continued the conversation off-air in text. So I, I, took, I took the time to actually take this uh, text, and I'm going to recount it here. Sure. A conversation between me and you. It gives you a lot to talk about that has nothing to do with the plot. That after learning what happened uh, to him, how does that? Uh, how does he view his relationship with Quiet? Uh, so I'm talking about oh, Venom, Venom Snake. Snake yeah. uh, Venom Snake is is he thinks he's Big Boss. He would imagine that Big Boss's trysts and love affairs and feelings romantically. We have to assume that Venom Snake knows about them, or or is in, it's an important part of his character, his buildup, right? Okay. That he was betrayed by Eva, or whatever. Okay. Okay. Uh, did I, medic guy, fall in love with her, or is it Big Boss falling for her? He thinks he's Big Boss, so when he learns he's not Big Boss, would he then think, I don't know what my feelings are about anything because I have a, literally have another person imprinted on my head. Like uh, Johnny Silverhand in Cyberpunk. Oh my god. Nigger Solid 5 is just Cyberpunk. Uh, what did I say to that? <laughs> uh, who the fuck am I? Where do I stop? And he begins sort of thing. Hanging out with the people who act like they've been friends for years. Even though he's meeting them for the first time. Uh, it would be... You, you said... It would be interesting if the game asked these questions. But it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. I said, right. Uh, the game implies all this and doesn't dig into it at all. It doesn't. I don't even think it implies it, Lee. I think it's, it implies a romantic relationship, right? Between Venom but Snake it's and not implying like the horror psychological no. elements of. That's like, all in your own head. Yeah, this is no. This is all yeah. in your head, Canon. Right. It's really cool because I'm playing the game for hundred hours with these characters, and this is their relationship. Right. So it, I'm it, filling in the gaps. It's gap. really cool things to talk about, but that's not even subjects that Kojima goes into because he's not a subtle storyteller. No. Look, like, look at all the conversations and topics and main plot points of Old Metal Gear Solid, and all of them are big, grand, tangible concepts, whereas, like, the ramifications of, like, is these bonds and relationships you're forming actually with Venom or with Big Boss? Like, like I said in the chat, would be really yeah. interesting if the game actually acknowledged this, but it doesn't, so I don't think it's even fucking worth talking so about. So, the, w- the way I put that, though, is is the problem we had with Metal Gear Solid 4, which is everything is explained. Yes. And there's no subtlety. Uh, so, I say I'm fine with the idea of, even if the game doesn't take a moment to ask this, 
I like filling in the gaps for myself on that stuff, especially if the game isn't going to execute it well. I don't because I like knowing that even if it's just a quick acknowledgement of yeah. like Venom like looks at Quiet and like looks at himself, like something like that. Yeah. To to let you know that the game is thinking of that too. Because if it doesn't, and like to me that's like, oh, the game isn't thinking about it, so why should I? It's sure. Not, it's not yeah. in its mind, so why should uh, I? So I say it's better for Venom to punch the mirror and smile than to say, I'll get you, Big Boss, or whatever your interpretation is. I personally do not believe he harbors ill will for Big Boss, but I think he realizes how fucked the situation he finds himself in. He smiles and embraces it and then dies moments later. I think that's what I agreed with. Yeah, we, that's kind of what we both kind of came to. But you, yeah. were, you were trying... So there's your interpretation of it, and then there's you reading the internet and being like, people think this is what it's actually meant. And the thing that Metal Gear Solid fans get so hung up on, which is why they deserve every second of Metal Gear Solid 4, is they need, they're they asking why. They want the explanation. Well, but you established... And, and Kojima's like, I'll give you the explanation, but it's coming. It's, it's something I didn't think about when I came up with it. Right. So you end up with your nano machines, and you end right. up with your... Right, but just like Final Fantasy VII, like, you can change something, or in Kojima's case, you can explain something, yeah. but don't make it worse. Like, <laughs> just don't suck at your job and make it better then. Uh, yeah! Like, you, like, if people are demanding answers for the Patriots' creation, you can give it to them. It's just that deciding that it was the Metal Gear Solid 3 cast is a bad idea. That's it. That's yeah. the end of the story. But that's, but that's the only idea you came up with and you rolled with it. Yeah. And now here we are. Wouldn't it be better if like, you never acknowledged it? Right. I'm saying you can't just, acknowledge yeah. it, but just come up with a different... That's what uh, extended universe novels are for. Yeah. Metal <laughs> uh, Gear Solid Five. I'm totally fine with uh, how interpretive the ending is and like the mirror punching scene yeah. and how you're supposed to take those last tapes, especially Big Boss's final speech. I'm totally fine with that because it's not supposed to have a canon interpretation. It's supposed to be up because it's supposed to be you, right? You're yeah. Venom. You are Venom. So you're Venom. Yeah. You're big boss, blah, blah, blah. So like, that's the whole point of it is that there is no canonical what's happening here. We don't know what's happening here. So I don't get hung up on it. Yeah. I mostly get hung up on all the other plot points, which I think are all fucking useless and don't, do anything for the Metal Gear Solid series mythos as a whole. Sure. I the think really the, fast running soldiers. What's yeah, that about? Like, I think <laughs> this game would have benefited immensely more from just being like, you're just actually big boss. You have simply left the United States to go start Outer Haven. And that's what this game is. Yeah. You, you come across a rival mercenary faction who has like opposite ideals from big boss. Like they will sell themselves to any country as opposed to being disassociated from any country. And, like, they'll do whatever it takes. They don't give a shit. And that could be your whole plot, right? Yeah. It's, it's, like, I'm already coming up with a better game. Mel, your Metal Gear spinoff is just Big Boss trying to create a mercenary group with good intentions. But throughout the game and fighting a rival mercenary group, he realizes that if he does want to make this sovereign military nation for abandoned soldiers, he has to abandon all ideals and goodwill and good intention he has. Because the world's not going to give a fuck. He has to be a ruthless son of a bitch. Right. Like, that game is clear, concise. It doesn't fuck with the current canon anyway, in any hard way. It's the perfect explanation for why Big Boss became a villain and had a heel turn. As opposed to Metal Gear Solid V, uh, which I feel is very interpretive, weird. It doesn't... Like, I didn't get, like, a Bad Boss heel turn out of it besides, like, fucking up the medic's life, kind of. But he's not like no, going, no, that, but he's not like going out and like executing like prisoners of war 
and like things that I like what I think of Big Boss in Metal Gear One, how he has this fucking like his own military nation with a nuke. So what am I seeing Big Boss like fucking like hardcore recruiting child soldiers, killing prisoners of war, threatening nations with nuclear like launches? Like that's the shit I wanted to see. Right. That's not that's not this game. Yeah, this yeah. game like if it was trying to tell me a heel turn, the best I got out of it was that Big Boss was like a little bit morally corrupt by the end, but he was still saving kids. So what happens at the end of like Peace Walker, for example? Because wouldn't Peace Walker be that turn then? Because we don't see the chapter. Right, but between. that's what it was supposed to be. Yeah. That's what Peace Walker was supposed to be. And then he's like, I guess I should make five. But Peace Walker <laughs> just ends how like it was a per- I should say a perfect setup. It was a very there's no perfect setup. So yeah, this- it was a very good bridge between Metal Gear Solid Three and, and Metal Gear One. Yeah, because yeah. all it was was uh, he tries to make his mercenary group. He gets recruited by Cuba to stop the mil- missile crisis or some shit. Yeah, Cuba. Yeah. <laughs> Bunch of stuff happens. He gets betrayed by, like, three people. And by the end, like, he has his own Metal Gear, Metal Gear Zeke. Yeah. He has his own mother base. And, like, that's it. Like, Good to go. All of his enemies yeah. are gone. He has a big speech at the end where he says, we are no nations. We have no nations. We have no allegiance. We are military sans frontiers, which is soldiers without borders. Yeah. And, like, it was the perfect setup. Like, because your mind could fill in all the blanks of how he transitioned from, like, pretty aggressive to this radicalist. Yes. So if you're going to do five, you need to go off that and push that radicalization into straight-up terrorism. And they did not push that. In fact, they regressed him. Because it's not the same big boss. You're playing right. a fucking template. No, you're right. Uh, we got to wrap up here, and we'll we'll probably do the uh, the big the gameplay. The, yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that, and we'll we'll kind of sum up Metal Gear Solid in the in the end of the next episode. But um, yeah, you're right. Uh, so we, basically, you have a fill-in character uh, that is going through the motions of a fill-in uh, game. Yes, and dealing with his own villain, dealing with his own set of problems, that, none of which result in him doing what you would refer to as a heel turn or ending up where Big Boss is right. in Metal Gear. Right, actual uh, Big Boss might have right. done a big and heel then, turn. And then on top of that, you you learn that this actually isn't even that character. So whatever those justifications are are happening in another game that you're not even playing. Right. Uh, and then you've, you've made this huge chapter that ends up being the last game in the main series and you didn't fit, you didn't tell that story, right? And even if they did fill in the gaps, like what we learned about, like what Kojima had to cut out and what was intended to be at the end of that game, none of it is that. None of it is the justification of Big Boss right. becoming, and, and none of it's needed yeah. either. We already know the know the whole story of Metal yes. Gear Solid. Um, we also don't know if if Big Boss and V are working together prior to any of that. It could be like, yeah, there's two of me. You're going to be me over here, and I'm going to be me over here. Hey, hold this nuke for me and uh, threaten some some people. Uh, and I'll be over here kind of doing the same right, thing. So if you fuck up, they're still right. Me. All we know yeah. is that Big Boss and Venom worked before because he was the medic, and then yes. he's like, "Be Big Boss now." And then you're like, "Okay, what does that mean?" But we don't know. Yeah. Um, you talk less. Yeah. And your voice is different. <laughs> yeah. Especially and like so, and like that's whatever. And like the my whole rant of the Big Boss heel turn, I wouldn't. It wouldn't have been such a big deal with me if the marketing for the game yeah. wasn't so centered around, oh, revenge, yeah. like. Like, oh, Big Boss is turning evil. Like, this is how Big Boss becomes the villain. And like, it that, like, it was, yeah, it was the Halo 5 marketing. How yeah. Halo 5 kept saying, you get to fight Master Chief. And then what it is, is a two-minute fight with a shitty cutscene, and that's it. That's pretty much the entire game. Yeah. All right. At Iceberg Podcast is us on Twitter. Leah is my email address. Please send your emails. 
uh, and we'll try our best to answer them. Sometimes we fail miserably, but hey, what can you do? <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, go check out that Final Fantasy podcast from two days ago where we uh, make our predictions. Hang out uh, for the next week. We will be back with new Tisky Iceberg and more public beta podcast, hopefully wrapping up our conversation on Metal Gear Solid and who the fuck knows what's next. For myself and Reed, talk to you next week.